is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 5th, 2021, Season 16, Episode number 108. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are presented by GEICO. We are in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber with me. We're talking Cowboys draft. We're going to break down everything that we saw happen last weekend during the NFL draft. Cowboys had lots of selections. We're going to tell you how they're going to fit into this team. Before we do that, though, we need to catch up on a little news. Um, I want to start first with Leighton Vander Esch. Um, Cowboys decided Monday that they were not going to uh, that they were going to decline to take his fifth year option. My question for you guys is: What are the advantages and disadvantages of the Cowboys making this decision? Let's start with you, Nick. Well, the advantages are that they don't have to set the 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 floor of his contract negotiations at. Nine million per season because that's sort of what happens when you do like the uh, let's say like when Dak and D Law they were they got the franchise tag and then even though they wanted to do a long term deal it's like all right well this is you know franchise tag for is twenty million or for for D Law so this is where it needs to start and so I think if you're doing negotiations if you did that I believe that you'd have to kind of start it at nine million so you don't have to do that I don't think that means that they're not going to keep him on the team or they're going to try to make him but they they don't have to be guaranteed. Nine million, I think, for next year. Yeah, it just—I mean—the advantage is that they're not on the hook. And in addition to what Nick just said, they're not on the hook to pay that. I mean, if you if you if you guarantee the option, you're paying that in 2022, no matter what happens. I mean, if he—and you know, God forbid, knock on wood—but if he tore his ACL week two of this season, that I mean, that's still something that you got to deal with. So it just—it gives you financial flexibility. And the freedom to make that decision in the future as opposed to committing long term, which typically when you guarantee the option, it's almost like ceremonial because you're like, we will have a long term deal worked out before you even start on that fifth year option by and large. So just gives you flexibility. Does that also mean that they are okay with the idea of not having him? Because when you do this, that means that he will become he has the ability to become a free agency. If he doesn't want a free agent, if he doesn't want to accept whatever deal you put in front of him, he can walk. And does that signal that the Cowboys are like, well, we're kinda okay with that if it gets to that point? I think that that was evident in the draft. I mean, I think I think that because of the draft, I think they became okay with that, uh, more so than they were, you know, earlier in the week. I mean, they didn't know how the draft was gonna go, but you know, they got a couple of guys that probably changed their opinion about it. And they said it has no no weight on that, but I don't know I don't believe that. I, I mean, I don't think you can you can draft those two guys and say, Well, it didn't affect the decision of Leighton Van Der Esch. I think it did. I absolutely think it did. And I mean Leighton and Jalen, I think, you know, getting obviously Micah Parsons and then Jabril Cox, who most people agree fell a little bit, is more talented than his draft slot suggests. I think it gives them the flexibility to make decisions on both of those guys and i i love that i love not being painted into a corner at any position on the depth chart and i think that's exactly what they achieved amber do you think that was the right decision cowboys decide not, not deciding not to take the fifth year option absolutely i mean how can you 
with someone that has been hurt as much as he has, I think that you shouldn't take that kind of rushed chance, even though they're saying that they're still interested in a long-term deal, which is kind of what you have to say. I mean, you don't want to let the player know that you're kind of done with them and, and don't care about them anymore. But um, I just I think they thought it very well, and it was a smart move not to do it, especially after the deal that you had made with Jalen Smith and the way he performed last year. And we talk about him all the time, but I don't know if I don't I don't really don't know how the Cowboys truly feel about signing or extending Jalen Smith contract and seeing the way that he's been performing since. So I think they thought it through very well and it was a good decision. Yeah, I think there will be a lot of things that will be decisions the Cowboys will have to make at the linebacker position over the next couple of years because at this point, I, I don't think that after this year, I don't think Jalen's contract is one they couldn't get rid of if they chose to do that. Obviously, LVE would be a free agent at that point. They've got two young guys they just drafted that are on rookie deals, so you're not paying a ton of money, relatively speaking, for those guys. So Cowboys have a lot of decisions to make at linebacker, and we'll see how that plays out for them. Let's talk about the draft. Let's dive in a little bit more to that. And I first want to start just kind of big picture. I want each of you guys are going to go around the table, and I want you to tell me uh, your your biggest like from the draft, the thing you liked the most that the Cowboys did during the draft. Let's start first with you, Dave. Um, I the thing that I liked the most is probably they insured themselves in this linebacker conversation. And you know, I'm not shy or reluctant to say Micah Parsons is not who I would have drafted even after trading back. That's okay. He's a hell of a talented player. And again, you know, I, I've said this a few times. I wonder, and they certainly don't regret drafting Micah, but if they had known that they could have gotten Jabril Cox later, I wonder if it would have affected what they did. And obviously, there's no way to know that, but it's interesting. But two great players, two guys who bolstered the depth chart right away. And again, I love the flexibility. You're not married to Leighton Vanderesh. You're not married to Jalen Smith. There's a lot of fun stuff you can do with both of those guys. Cox's big attribute is his ability and coverage, which is something this team hasn't had from a linebacker recently. And Parsons, I mean, what can't you do with him? I mean, he can rush the passer. He can blitz. He's athletic enough to drop in coverage. So I just, you know, linebacker is a strength again, which it hasn't been in a couple of years. So I definitely like that a lot. I mean, the Parsons pick is, I, I don't have a problem with it, but adding Jabril Cox on top of that, I thought was was really great. I'll caution one thing. We think it's a strength because we also thought well, sure. two years ago, they gotta we, get on in the 2018, field. well, 2018, well, we it thought was this a strength in 2018. I know. I'm yeah. saying after we finished 2018, we thought the linebacker core was as good as, as any other position on the team, and we found out later not so much. So that's something for us to keep sure. an eye on. Amber. <laughs> well, to me, it was defense. The fact that most of it was defense, <laughs> I was very pleased. Although most of these guys, I had no idea who they were, uh, to be honest. like After the first pick, I'm like, okay, who is this guy? No idea. But get to learn about them a little bit more. Um what? Same. Same for you? Oh, didn't know A lot they of were? names that I, yeah. I feel like I've never heard of. I had before. not heard of one of the players uh, after the first round. You didn't hear about Cox? Not not until a couple days before. Mm. Not throughout the process, no. So yeah. yeah. should have. He picked off Arkansas in the middle of the game and almost scored. I don't know why I wasn't watching that. <laughs> I was about to say, you should have known that, right? I was right? yelling, I'm sure. So I yeah. didn't hear the name. You probably throwing <laughs> stuff you didn't miss. Yeah, I'm a remote thrower. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> 
anyways, despite Rob will tell you that. <laughs> despite all that, I think that um, the fact that with eleven guys and most of them being defensive players, you have a higher chance of hitting some right. You know, getting some players that will turn out okay because we the previous weeks, you know, we went through the past drafts and we looked at these talents and how they turned out over the years. I think that with the amount of players on the defensive side of the ball, now you have a bigger chance or higher chance for you to get a couple that will turn out all right. So, I'm feeling good. Don't know many of them, but I'm hoping that a couple of them will turn out all right and will actually help this defense. Biggest like, Nick. Um, biggest like the. I like the the fact that when you look at the themes, okay, there's four themes that I could come up with. Number one, a lot of defense. Defense was the theme of it. Number two, big players. I mean, big quarterbacks, yeah. big run stoppers, big linebacker. Um, you know, big safety, just bigger players. Receivers, huge too. I mean, so just size. A uh, third theme is that um, you better know how to pronounce these guys because they're not easy. You, you know, and the fourth I'm one. I'm not looking forward to that part. Yeah, is um, you know they um, they got some they got some issues. Some of them got some oh. got some history to them. You know, and a lot of them have some con- uh, have confidence walking in the door. I don't know how many comparisons we saw. Well, I'm going to be the best of this, and I'm going to be the best, or I'm a better Richard Sherman. You're like, wow. So confidence is not something that's that's really lacking here. So there's a lot of themes. I like them all, but I like the fact that they, they, size was a big issue here, and they look like they addressed it. Okay, so let's flip it. Biggest dislike, Dave. I just, I th- kind of what Nick just touched on. I said this over the weekend, and I still think it is. I think this is the draft with the most boomer bust potential that I have ever covered. I think two or three years from now, we could look back and say, holy crap, this was amazing. Look at, you know, they found like two pro bowlers and four really quality starters, contributors. I think we could also look back in two or three years and be like, yep, that's why they suck because this draft class did not, I mean, they all washed out. And like there's uh, there's especially with the big picks, there's a lot of concern. Um, Micah, like the character issues with Micah from everything I've heard, they don't they don't concern me that much. I actually me and Kelsey Charles interviewed his defensive coordinator at Penn State yesterday and was very encouraged by what I hear heard. So that'll be on the site later this week. Um but like he's he's so raw. He's he's he has he hasn't turned 22 yet. He hasn't played in a year. He's only played linebacker for 2 years by the way. So there's the potential that he's only scratching the surface. There's also the potential that this is going to be a heck of an adjustment for him. Like it's hard to say. Kelvin Joseph, again, you know, everything I've heard is that he's he's not like a bad guy. Like you hear character concerns. I don't get the impression that he's a bad person, I, and I've you know I've talked to people at LSU. There's a difference. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, I've talked to people at LSU about this. Like I heard rave reviews about like his work ethic and his character. But you, you talk about like how focused are you? Can like are can you handle being a professional football player and dedicating what you need to dedicate to being good at football? He's got a rap career. Uh, he was suspended from LSU's bowl game a couple years ago. So there's 
there's history that suggests that keeping him on the straight and narrow could be a bit of a challenge. And then obviously uh, Josh Ball all being of? a big one as well. I'm sorry. I was all of them. We're going to go through all of the picks. I'm, oh, he has no, me. I think I think he's oh. talking about the three that have the issues. Okay, with that being the weakness of, for him of this draft. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, and so Josh Ball being the last one, which those are some really serious allegations. Right. Eleven different allegations of domestic violence. That's not what you want to hear. So. If, if all of these guys are are ready to go and ready to embrace professionalism and all that stuff, it could be really great. If they're not, then it could lead to some problems. I will say, it seems like they drafted some really high character guys as well. I encourage anybody that hasn't done it to go read about um, Osa Odigizua's openness with mental health and what he's gone through with his family. Really fascinating. Chauncey Golston, high character guy. His coaches at Iowa loved him, and Jabril Cox as well. So done rambling now but i it's there's concerns there that we're not used to seeing you know they drafted randy gregory they've done this at times but to take three big swings in one draft it, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out amber um i mean to piggyback on that biggest dislike for me of this draft overall just basically what i said to begin with the fact that these were guys that i didn't know much about and maybe that's on me, but to hear people like Nick saying he didn't either, it makes me feel better, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, aside from that, once you start knowing about these guys and you hear the things that Dave just mentioned, and you're like, okay, um, I'm not one to judge, and I don't know much about them just yet. I don't know enough to form an opinion. But the fact that all of that is out there, it's like, okay, do we seriously always need to get someone that has some kind of like baggage with them? And we don't know, again, how that's all going to pan out. But after last year and seeing, and I wasn't in the locker room, but I feel like the past two years, kind of the dynamic and everyone kind of clicking together and just no drama and everything just kind of seems to be working out and it appears to be working out as far as the the people within that locker room. It makes me wonder, I'm like, are, are we going to go through one of those years again where you have someone that doesn't quite fit in? For example, Taco Charlton, that, you know, he didn't have all that stuff um, on his back, but as far as like fitting in within the group, that does concern me. It does concern me whether someone will get um, suspended during the season. We don't need any of that happening again, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which seems to be always the area where a player gets suspended. But other than that, are they going to fit in? Are they going to fit in with the group and, and everybody else in there? So that's my biggest, uh, I would say, dislike as of right now. All right. Nick? I didn't like the second round pick. So that's, I just, I don't think that's a, we'll see. I don't think it's a good pick. Um, he, You need that corner to come in and play. I, I understand that they took the best uh, talented guy that they had, but. Um, you know, if you're just talking about a dislike, I mean, I was really hoping the Raiders did not take Merrick in there, in there right before because uh, I think that broke the tie. It was a it was a fifty fifty right there, and I think and maybe maybe they were going to take the cornerback anyways. But um, he just doesn't seem like he's committed, fully committed, fully committed to playing football. That's just what it seems like. I could be wrong. They they do their homework. They do their homework way more than we we do. So, um, but I don't know. I don't I don't love the pick because I think you're counting on him so much, and, and there's two SEC teams that couldn't count on him. So you you answer the second part of my next question. So I want you to answer the first. Your favorite pick, and then your least favorite pick, obviously, was Kelvin Kentucky. Joseph. Kentucky, Kentucky. <laughs> you got your big boy. Yeah, and I think I think he. I really think. 
sixth round, you can say, well, how much is he going to contribute? First of all, six rounders on this team, uh, last few years, there's always one that seems to, to make us uh, to stick. But I think that he's going to have a role because who else looks like him? Who else can do what he, he does? And they had a higher grade on him. So, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, there's not many six-round picks that the defensive coordinator actually talks about him in the press conference of where they're going to play. So I like, I like the Bohanna pick. I'm, you know, And if I'm wrong about Joseph, that, that – that's great. I mean, I just think they need to count on him so much, and he he's going to have to mature. And maybe you know, maybe he will. Maybe being here and the Cowboys can kind of help with that. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But I mean, that's if you're just going to say which one, I, I would say that that one. That's why. But my favorite one was Bohanna. All right, Dave. I promise it has nothing to do with where I went to school. But I just think Jabril. Yes. Does. No, yeah. it really no, doesn't. No, every, you know, but let me tell you why it does. The reason why it does is because you've watched him so much, well, so sure. you know what you love about him, well, right? That's the yeah. irony. I mean, I watched him all last year, but that was the only year he was there. Like, this yeah. isn't a guy that I've yeah. followed since he was 18. Uh, I just think he he's a hell of a football player. I, he's a high-character guy. He literally, We talked about him on this show. We did, and I, and yeah. I love his story. His story I mean, is good. He like, literally what? was like, North Dakota State's not hard enough for me. I want to go to the <laughs> SEC, and he balled out. He was the only good thing about LSU's team last year. I like that. Um and I, I again, I don't know this for sure, but I wonder because I think I bet they started talking about him. No, I know they did in the third round, like pick seventy-five. They were like he was in the conversation from then on. And I wonder if they had known that they could have gotten him on day two for sure. Maybe they draft Rashawn Slater. I don't know that. Maybe they still draft Micah Parsons, and that's fine. But it's interesting to think about. Yep. He he can cover. And that's what you need in a linebacker in in the modern NFL. Again, like not worried about his focus or his commitment or any of that stuff. Um, and they got him at pick one fifteen, so that's a great value, just awesome value. Um, dislike, I, I don't know. I'm not here to judge the guy. He wasn't charged with the crime, but the Josh Ball stuff. Like you just you don't want to have to think about stuff like that. Preferably, like you don't want to have to say, oh, "Is this what's what's this guy doing when he goes home?" I don't know. And again, again, was not charged with the crime. Not my place, but it just kind of makes you feel icky a little bit when you hear stuff like that. Um, I really do. And we'll throw in, you know, the draft nerds, the the Nishan Wright one. It's funny because I feel like people are going to judge this draft more on Nishan Wright than Micah Parsons. Because, like, everybody is like, well, Micah Parsons is the most talented defender in this class. Like, you got you to gotta draft him. And if it doesn't work out, that's just the draft. But <laughs> Nishan Wright... The Cowboys are much higher on this guy than seemingly everybody else. And that doesn't mean they're wrong, but it is going to make that really interesting as we see how his career unfolds. And it does also make an interesting point of where could you have gotten him if everybody else. But that's hard. This year, unlike every other year, usually your scouts are out and they're running into other scouts as they're on the road. So they're kind of getting an idea of what teams think of players. They didn't have that this year. Will talked about that on Saturday night, Will McClay, and I I love it because he's right. And it's the same thing. Like, if you go back and listen to our draft coverage – you know, D- Dane Brugler does more work on the draft than anybody. I respect him implicitly. He had a, I think he had a sixth, seventh round grade on right. But the minute an NFL team drafts a guy in the third round, you start thinking like, well, shoot, like, did I miss something? Did they miss something? And all of a sudden, you're second guessing yourself again. Respect a lot of other people that um, that do this for, for for a living as well. But then they go home and watch right. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, I can sort of see it. Like, maybe like a fourth round. And like, all of us, the fact that a team was willing to draft him 99th, it just, it affects your opinion. It just does. Yep. And so I'll be fascinated to see 
you know, not having that think <laughs> that that group think where you know scouts go out on the road and they watch the workout and the guy from the Cardinals is like this guy's a baller and all of a sudden you're like yeah like I, I guess yeah. he is so mm-hmm. it's going to be fascinating. Are the Cowboys a lot smarter than everybody else, or did they get this way wrong? It's going to be fascinating. Yep. I got a point to that, too, but I'll finish here. Amber, favorite and, and least favorite? Uh, favorite would have to be Parsons. One, because it's the one I know the most about. But two, because after Horn and Sertain were gone, I mean, the one position that I really wanted the Cowboys to draft was linebacker, aside from cornerback. So I was glad that they did address that position. Be- and I and I said it last week on the show that that would be a high. It is a very high necessity right now for the team. So uh, that would be my most liked pick because, especially because of the position and the least one. Uh, I guess Joseph second round, <laughs> just because as soon as he was picked, I mean, here comes Nick to the whole room and starts telling uh, his whole background and everything. that. Well, and I, I just was listening to the draft show, and I was like, all right. No, it was before all that. Dane laid it all out on the draft well, show. Well, Dave, yeah. Dave actually knew this was happening way before the draft started. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you were plugged in on this one, and uh, he, he knew this was going to be the guy. So we're like, oh, let's look into it, and then just hearing more stuff, and you're like, Argh. so yeah, I was, you can't. You you walked in there as soon as they made the pick, and then he starts telling, oh man, you know, have you heard about this guy? Uh, okay. <laughs> and then he goes on and tells the whole story of everything that he's dealing with, and then you're like. Uh, okay, uh, you know, it puts an <laughs> opinion. It, yeah, it puts so everybody in the room is like, oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it, you start forming an opinion based on that. So instantly I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. We got a guy that has all that with him. Football but, rap, football rap, you know. know. But, <laughs> he's not yeah. the first he's no. not the first professional athlete to have a rap career and and be able to do the the job well. No, right? no, no. Not not at all. It's just yeah. he I mean, uh, let's don't get into it. I mean, like, I think the priorities, though, that 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 would be one that you would question. And, and there was a little moment there, I guess, when he, maybe in between schools, when you weren't sure what he wanted. And, and he's probably he's not the the first twenty one, twenty two year old in the world that didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. <laughs> that that happens all the time. So, <laughs> I mean, I I hope I'm 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 wrong here. I mean, you know. We, Last year was a weird year to to also gauge anybody of what's going on. But I wanted to make another point of what he was saying about like Nashawn Wright and all guys like that. You know, I always I always throw out the Anthony Hitchens story. It's one of my favorite stories because I just remember him he was a sixth or seventh round pick. Rod Marinelli just really loved what he could do for this defense. And I think when you're looking at the um, McShays and Mel Kuypers and even Dane Brugler, they they do these scouting reports for players for any scheme, for any team. They just grade them that way. And I think the Cowboys, obviously, like any team, they'll grade them based off of what their team is. What the, you know, And, I mean, there was a cornerback from Washington that kind of fell. I don't know where he got drafted. Cornerback safety. Molden. Oh, oh, he, he was the next pick off the board. Elijah Molden. Yeah. yeah. But, like... They, I mean, I mean, from what I heard, that they didn't know what to do with them. Um, uh, Dan Quinn was like, uh, "Where do I play this guy?" 
So he didn't fit in his scheme, and, and well, the, Nashawn Wright, maybe you know, some teams may not even had him rated that high. So I'm just saying you have to be specific to mm-hmm. what you're looking for. And sometimes these draft experts, they're they're doing it across the board, so they they may think he's a low grade for them because they're not running this defense, they're not running this type of scheme. So it's it's a little bit. It's a little bit different and tricky when you're talking about guys in the mid-rounds of what the preference would be. Yeah, I think you make a great point because, as we all know, it, like teams draft traits. They yeah. draft things they see in players that, that makes them think they can work with the system they have. And it's very clear here. They want big, big long, guys. lengthy corners. And so for them, they look at his skill set and they say, hey, there's another guy that may have similar skill sets, but this guy has a lot more length, a lot more size. We'll take him, right? And so I think that that has to be considered uh, you, when you're trying to evaluate how the Cowboys did this Have draft. you seen the flea flicker? I mean, n- nobody runs a flea flicker in college or pro football without it getting sent to me somehow on Twitter. Like, everybody, and it happens. I always am alerted by it. Well, Tyler Fajeco? Simi. Tyler. Who's Tyler Simi. Fajeco? Oh, that's the, the last guy. Simi Fajeco scores a touchdown on a, on a flea flicker. I mean, there's our guy, Nashawn Wright, in the background chasing the play. So, and I was like, you know, what can you do? But it, it, like I said, they're they're not right, they're not wrong, but it's the biggest, it's the biggest discrepancy because you know some people will tell you Osa Odigizua, maybe they overdrafted him by ten to twelve spots. That's nothing, you know. Same thing with Chauncey Golson. It's like you know, on our show during the draft, it was like probably not who I would have taken, but. It's that that range makes sense, and I can see his role in this defense. Nashawn Wright was just so far out of left field for for everybody. Like I I have yet to find an analyst who was not surprised by that. Which again doesn't make anybody right or wrong. It's just the biggest discrepancy that I can remember in a long time. Well, you know, like the rivals.com and and they do like the like rankings for high school players. I, I've seen interviews where they you know that they're like, well, we had this basketball player as a two star, three star player. Well, he just got he just committed to Duke. Well, you know what? Actually, when you look at it, he's more of a four. You know what I mean? Like once you see that from the back end, you're like, well, like you said, they probably looked at it again, and and you know, you guys have to look at what four or five games, maybe two or three games to say, yeah. Well, I don't want to. I think Dane Dane does a lot more than that, but that's Dane's career. That's all he does. I mean, I know Broadus would look at three to four games, and and what I mean, you're trying to look at four hundred guys. No, and that's another thing. Will said Saturday is like you know with with this weird with this year being so weird, we leaned on eighteen tape, nineteen tape, Mm twenty tape if they had it. And yeah, I'm I'll be the first. I don't pretend to be a draft expert. I try to watch. Two games, if I can find the yeah, time. Like I don't, see I don't have time it. to watch your entire season because it's at, not my job to do that. I looked at a lot of highlights, like stuff on YouTube, but they don't put bad stuff in there, you know. Right. But one thing about Golston I thought was interesting, though, and we talked about traits. He's a defensive end. Every one of his sacks that they showed, he's he's rushing from defensive tackle position, like on. Th- so they probably have a, a spot for him. They're thinking, all right, you're going to play end. But on third and long, you might be the tackle we use mm-hmm. inside. So um, you know, there, there's there's different roles for these guys. Chauncey told yeah. us on sorry he he told us on Friday night uh, he was a Senior Bowl guy. Him, Osa, and Jabril Cox were all Senior Bowl guys. He got to Mobile, and the defensive line depth chart was just loaded, and there weren't that many defensive tackles. And he went straight to the I don't know if he was with the Panthers or who, but he went straight to the coaching staff and was like. I'd like to play defensive tackle. It's there's more opportunity for me to get reps and get noticed and do that. Like just move me if you want to move me. And like that's 
for all my concerns about some character issues, I think they drafted a lot of like the quote unquote right kind of guys as well. Crawford. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think like Tyrell if you Crawford. don't if you don't see, I think Odigizua and Golston. I'm like, yeah, that you're you're yeah. probably going to be a utility guy. Welcome to the show. Yeah. yeah, I will say this though: when you talk about the cornerback position and looking at traits, you just have to go back and look at Dan Quinn's defense in Seattle. They had Brandon Browner, who was an undrafted guy that was six four. You had Richard Sherman, who was six three and drafted in the fifth round. Again, not guys that come out of college anybody thought were going to be great yeah. cornerbacks, but they combined with two really good safeties to become maybe one of the best secondaries maybe in my lifetime. Um, so that all being said, again. This is the kind of defense he runs. Maybe he looks at it and says, they may not be what everybody else values, but I value them in my defense, and that's what matters. Where's the Earl Thomas? I know. I'm looking for that. <laughs> we haven't gotten to that yet. We'll maybe talk about that a little later. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we I'm going to ask these guys about the first round specifically. I want to know if the Cowboys made the right decision selecting uh, Slate, I mean, I'm sorry, selecting uh, Michael Parsons over Slater. Uh, in the first round, he those were the only two players that were left that had been linked to the Cowboys. Cowboys went with Parsons. We'll see how, what you guys think about that decision when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys football, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, dance and youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Save $25 with early bird pricing now through May 10th. Spots are limited. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by GEICO. We're talking about the NFL draft. First round, the Cowboys were presented with an interesting prospect. They had gotten to pick seven 
And at that point, they still had four guys left on the board with with two picks to go before they would pick. They had four guys left on the board that had been linked to them. They had Horn, they had Sertan, they had uh, Michael Parsons, and then they had Rashawn Slater. Obviously, both those cornerbacks get selected at eight and nine, which was a bit of a shock to me. I was expecting at least one of those cornerbacks to be available to them, but they both get snatched up. Cowboys are left with a decision on, uh, and I don't even know if it was a decision for them. It certainly was a decision as we were all looking at it, but I don't know if it was a decision for them. But they are left with choosing between Slater and Parsons. They go with with Parsons. Do you guys think that was the right decision? Let's start with you, Amber. Me personally, I, I I think so, and I think again we don't know exactly what they think exactly, but I have to go back to the position and look at what position each of those guys were in. Right now, we they keep saying how they feel about uh, Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith. They keep talking about feeling good about them, them practicing on the field and looking good, and they seem to be getting healthy and expected to be back fully for the season. So maybe we, they're, they're – what's the, the word I'm looking for? Um not scared, but they're concerned. Mm. Concern. Maybe their level of concern is not as high as ours who are looking from the outside and don't know as much information as these doctors do. But I would have to just say because of that, the fact that they do have two starters expected to be back. And then you look at linebacker position, you don't quite know. I mean, you could technically kind of say the same about um, Leighton Benderish, but maybe that's because... That's why you drafted a linebacker, because of that. Maybe because of Leighton not necessarily being as healthy as you would want him to be. And then you got Jalen Smith, who you're still trying to figure out exactly what you're going to do with them, with him, and then the the depth of the position itself. So to me personally, that's how I saw it uh, as far as position itself and the guys that you already have in your roster versus talent-wise. Okay. Nick? Um, I, I definitely think that they made the right choice. Um, you had the worst defense in the history of your franchise. You had the 10th pick. You got moved it to the 12th pick. And you still have the chance to draft the highest-rated defensive player on the board. I just think um, they they owe it to themselves to do that. They, they, they've, they've been messing with the offense for, for years. Offense is looking really good. But you have a chance. You need to fix the defense. You didn't do anything in free agency to really fix it. And here's the best defensive player that you have rated. I don't know where he ranks with Slater. I know they didn't really mention that. I don't think. But um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, like she said, there's so many question marks at linebacker. Um, this is a position that that of need right now. It's a long term need. And, you know, you're asking Slater to move to guard to play right now and then eventually play tackle. I'm sure he could do it. I'm sure he would be great. But I just think I th- you had to fix your defense. It was so terrible, and you get a, a dynamic player. I, it's it's harsh for me to say that I think they made the wrong decision. I really, I don't. At the end of the day, I don't have a ton of beef with making Micah Parsons the pick, but it just it's an interesting example of like there's so much more that goes into this than like here's how our board stacks up and we're just going to take the guy on top of it because I, I I believe them that Micah Parsons was their highest grade. I absolutely think they would have drafted one of the cornerbacks if they had been there. Yeah. So I, you already know that they're willing to bypass grade for need. 
And so we don't know Rashawn Slater's grade. I think it's very reasonable to think he had a comparable, if not better one. Micah Parsons, I believe, started 13 college games before opting out. Rashawn Slater started 37. He's played all over the line. He got on people's radars because you can go watch the tape of him bullying Chase Young, who just won Defensive Player mm-hmm. of the Year, or excuse me, Rookie of the Year, not Player. Um, and and looks like he's going to be one of the best pass rushers. Who are you going to have to face twice? You're going to have to face twice right. a year. So like the guy can do it, and he's probably good enough to play guard. I think he's probably better than Connor Williams if he got here today. So like I said, boom or bust. I think Rashawn Slater would would have been an absurdly safe pick. Micah Parsons has a very very high upside at a in a situation that they need more. And I I don't I hesitate to use the word reach, but I think they. Deli- you know, they lean toward need and they did it throughout the draft. The week before the draft, Nick and I came on here and said, it's never 10 defensive picks to one offensive pick. Nobody does that. It's going to balance out. And it really didn't. Did not. They eight, spent three. eight of 11 on defense. And that to me says they were leaning toward their need. And, you know, they would probably never say this publicly, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're sitting in that room saying, even if only three of these guys hit of the eight defenders that's you know we're reworking a third of our defense and we need that and i don't really i don't blame them for it because the offense the offense should should be what gets them to the playoffs the defense needs to be respectable so if that's what they did i don't have a problem with it but i have more confidence right now that rashawn slater will repay that pick than micah parsons and again that's not to say micah parsons will be a bad player but I, that's just how I feel. I think Slater would have, was a safer pick. Parsons has high upside. It's something they need a little bit more. That's all. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And I, I think the thing for me is, again, I, don't, I wouldn't, as you say, I wouldn't necessarily say they made the wrong pick because I think both these guys are talented players. I think you could see bright futures for both, both of them. My personal preference is when you're taking a first-round selection, get the guy that has the greatest upside and also, in my opinion, the greatest floor. Like, I want to be as safe with this first-round pick as possible. I want a great player, but I want a great player that I feel very certain at the least is going to be really good because he's in the first round, and especially when you're up that high, you're not going to be up that high very often. So if you tell me at 12 I'm going to be able to get a tackle that I feel like immediately comes in and is a better guard for me. So imagine that for that offensive line this year. If you actually get back Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith both healthy and you still got Travis, Fr- I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, you still got um, 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 the guard, Zach Martin. Zach Martin, yes, the, Hall the back of lineman <laughs> on, the, on the line. Uh, and you still got him. And and then you plug in Slater at the other guard. I really don't care who you put at center. That is back to when the Cowboys had a dominant offensive line a few years ago. Like that's the kind of offensive line that you now have again. And I feel very confident if those guys are healthy that your offense is going to be really, really, really good. Um, and I, I don't think this defense is one player away. So I don't think that linebacker necessarily changes things. And I go back to your point, Dave, earlier about if you still manage to somehow be able to get Cox later, then you still address that position. But now your offensive line is secured not only for now, but whenever that tackle, whenever Tyron Smith decides to retire, which he's not going to play forever, whenever he decides to retire, you now got Slater just waiting there in the wings, just popping right out there to left tackle, and you're ready to roll for the next 10 years, right? So to me, I just look at it like you had more, you had more value now and in the future, and it's by far, I think, a much safer pick. I think Parsons can be great. He might end up being all-time great linebacker. Who knows? 
But I think there is more. There's also a chance that he busts more of a chance that he busts than a chance that Slater busts. In my opinion, going back to the Boomer bust thing, I, th- I mean, if if Kelvin Joseph had no, all you know, character flags, whatever you want to call him, he's a first round pick. There were mm-hmm. people talking about him as a first round pick anyway. Uh, as a pure football player, a lot of people think he's better right now than Trayvon Diggs was coming out. But I think him and him and Parsons, the ceiling is sky high. I think the floor is real low too, yeah. and that's what makes it interesting. And that's also the thing about second, third round picks. Typically, they are guys that have skills that could make them a first round pick. There's something about the medical or something that makes them not be let's a first round pick. Let's don't act like there's not guys on this team like that. You know, they, yeah, they drafted Jordan Lewis the same way, third round pick. They he he was in the middle of dealing with stuff that they had to go and make phone calls about and figure out what what his situation was. Mm-hmm. After they drafted him, they still had to go back to court. He still had to get uh, charges or, or dropped or whatever it was. But they were confident in that. So. You know, this team was doing their homework. They did their homework, Dave. You know they did their homework that's, on Joseph. No, that's honestly, they did. And that's a really good point is, like, we sat here after that draft and talked about Jordan, you know, that that those allegations. And all that stuff got dropped. And, like, you know, nobody has a bad word to say about Jordan right. Lewis as a person, like, four years later. So, then, you, I mean, it is fair to give these things the benefit of the doubt. That's... Nobody, nobody's been charged with a crime that I'm aware of. Yeah. Like Kelvin Joseph likes to rap and partake in. Which, by some... way, again, it's fine. It's yeah. fine if you're you want to be a rapper. Yeah. in your side time, like on the side, right? It can't become your main thing when you're getting paid I, I, to I, play football. It rubs me the wrong way. Like you know, a lot of you know, not caring about football gets lumped in with like doing literal crimes sometimes, and yeah. that's not right. So, yeah. all right, do you have something? Nick? I probably shouldn't. So I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, some of the funny thing is, and this is something from working with Nick for so long, he has this little tremble that happens when his lip, when he wants to say something, but he knows he shouldn't say it. And that's what I always know. When he says that, I'm like, okay, I'm going to move on because I'm not going to keep pressing because he probably shouldn't say it. All right, so we're going to take we're gonna take our final break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about some news that broke. There are a couple players the Cowboys are releasing, and it goes back to me for, to something that Stephen Jones said this weekend about why they drafted so many of these defensive players and their desire – to see these rookies come in and maybe take the place of some of the higher priced vets. We're going to go through some of these positions and see what vets might be a little bit in danger as the Cowboys approach training camp and throughout training camp this year of having their jobs taken by rookies. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? 
Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the break. Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just $20. You can join now and get your exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United for details. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by Geico. Uh, Nick, I want you to catch us, catch us up real quickly on some news that happened this morning. There were several players uh, that have now been officially waived. Who are they? Antoine Woods. Been waived. Uh, Adam Redman, Savion Smith, Walter Palmore, Ladarius Hamilton, Kimon Hall. If you're saying who? On oh, some nah. of those guys, some of those guys. Um, Kimon Hall was added, I think, after the season. Ladarius Hamilton was here from last year, um, like as a rookie free agent. Palmore was, I, I, I believe, added in the middle of the season when the 75 guys were in and out of the practice squad and all that stuff. You mentioned their position along with their name. Uh, Palmore is a defensive tackle. Does it matter now? <laughs> I mean, does uh, what well, does it, it does? does. Right, I mean, yeah, you're looking at depth over you're here. Right. I mean, if you're you right. care about those <laughs> right. guys in the back, think, back of the line, I, just, I take this personally. I pride myself on, like, you know, I pride myself on knowing the roster, knowing the names, knowing the faces. It's something that I've always taken pride in. And last year, I. It, I'm I'm in a bad spot because right. like we didn't have access to the team. Mm-hmm. The roster restrictions were different. Guys were moving back and forth more than they ever have. Like we got right. this list earlier today, and I was like, okay, I know Antoine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the rest of yeah. them. Kimon Hall's a defensive back. North Texas was never going to make the team. Ladarius Hamilton, linebacker. North Texas never going to make it. Walter Palmore, defensive tackle. Uh, he was uh, he was just kind of a practice squad guy. Savion Smith, defensive back that Roethlisberger picked on at the end of the Pittsburgh game that they mm-hmm. won the game on. Adam Redman, uh, center guard that they've moved back. You know, not good enough to ever make a team or roster. Not bad enough to be out of the league. They just kind of back and forth. He'll probably go to the Giants. And then Antoine Woods, defensive tackle. He signed That's the one. $2.1 million uh, restrictive uh, tender, and they decided to let him go. Yeah. And which is really weird because when you asked, I asked Sean Lee, who's going to be some of the leaders? And he named some of the guys, but he ain't named Antoine Woods as a leader. And, you know. Well, I think I, I think it's really clear. You, somebody mentioned it earlier in the show. I think it was you that well, the thing you loved about this draft is they were obviously looking yeah. for size. 
That's yeah. something that Antoine's not. Like he's not a big defensive tackle. He's a little bit shorter. It's so weird to think because he's a big dude. He is, but you think relatively speaking, like you, these guys that are coming in, like he just drafted Urban a guy is who's, six he's seven. A, he's a small I mean, one technique. He's a small nose yeah, tackle, uh, and he's not agile enough to be your three technique. He's right. not good in, and I guess for this particular defense, right? And that's by the way, Antoine Woods is going to get picked up by somebody. He's going to play football in the NFL next season. I, I would doubt very seriously if he doesn't, and he'll be a contributor. And I think he'll be a contributor like he was with Dallas. He was never a great player here, but he was a contributing player here. So I think that's going to continue for him. He just may not be a fit for this defense. You know, I, I was surprised. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that I was surprised the fact that when they did pick him up, just because how vocal he's been on social media as far as like, you know, I deserve this or this. And when he starts comparing himself to other rookie or younger guys that have are getting more or close to what he's making and things like that in comparison. And you clearly know that that did bother him and he felt like he was more deserving and, and of everything, of money. And, and that's fair. You got to fight for, for your paycheck and everything. But after hearing that, I never thought they would pick him up in the first place. Just because of that, I started sensing maybe there was some kind of discontent in there. Clearly, there was discontent. But... Um, yeah, that's why maybe I'm I'm not as surprised as to, well, you know, maybe they were doing that to get ready for the draft in case they didn't get someone. That's exactly what they were doing. Yeah, yeah I was going to just throw this to you, Dave. I mean, they issued a $2.1 million tender for him. They didn't have to do that for a restricted free agent. They did, and he signed it. And then after the draft, so what you think, I mean, it has to be part of what they got in the draft, whether it be Bohanna I think, yeah, well, it's. I think it's a combination. They drafted two pure defensive tackles and then a third guy who can play defensive tackle. So do the numbers. And then to your point, Stephen Jones is talking to anybody who will listen about how they want to get cheaper. He's, yeah. He said... He, you know, it might be a stretch, but it's he hopes all eleven draft picks can make the roster because that's eleven guys <laughs> making pennies compared to even even what Antoine was making. Which that is a precarious place to be in the NFL is like when you reach the stage where you're making more money, but you're not good enough or valuable enough that you're stuck on the team. Like for everybody that wants to whine about Jalen Smith, he's here. His con his salary is guaranteed. It would cr- kill them financially to get rid of him. This year. This th- we're talking about right now. Right now. We're talking about right now. That's <laughs> all we're talking about. Moment. Antoine Woods, as soon as they release him, they get all that money back. There's nothing mm-hmm. guaranteed. And so like if you're in that position, like and I'm not trying to come for anybody's job, but Cedric Wilson signed the same tender. They drafted a receiver. They brought in four undrafted guys. Noah Brown, I think he signed for like a mill. There ain't nothing guaranteed with those deals, and you better come to training camp ready because that's the type of guy they're looking to get rid of. They're not looking to get rid of Jalen Smith. They can't. They're looking to say, who here's making one to five million that we can get rid of or trade or cut or whatever that a rookie can come in and replace that production? Better be at Dak's house. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I bet Cedric is. I Which bet he every is. day. That is a wonderful point. I mean, Cedric is one of Dak's guys. So yeah. I mean, there is that to consider. But yeah. I what think negotiation. They're, <laughs> they're they're what? I think I think they're eight million under the cap. Yeah. Well, Technically, but they signed yeah. eleven. They drafted eleven guys, so they're right. They're right up against it. And I, you know, I'm not asking you to care about the Cowboys' financial situation, but that's stuff that they've got. And the TV money is going to kick in eventually, but not right now. Mm-hmm. So, if they can do anything to buy themselves some space, they're going to do it. So, 
you know, I don't, I, to be honest, I was a little surprised that they released Antoine so soon. Like, I thought it might happen after training camp or whenever. Well, they did have but, to get below 90. They yeah, had to get to 90, right? The other guys they cut were, you know, bodies. Antoine has yeah. started 32 games That's for true. this team. That's so I'm a little yeah. surprised by that, too. But, but again, this wherever also, you can, if, if you can find $2 million in space and you think you can get away with it, I'm not surprised. I'm not shocked. Let's be clear. This also could have been a thing where where maybe Antoine wanted this. Maybe Antoine and his, his reps talked to the Cowboys and said, hey, this is a very deep group. We'd love the opportunity to be able to be free agent. Remember, he was restricted, so he didn't have the ability yeah. really to go out there and kind of look to see where it's the best fit for him. And Cowboys may have been like, you know, the likelihood of him making this team is probably small. Which, we'll get, we'll do him a solid and let him go out there and try to see what he can find, right? Who knows? That, might have, been, is, that might have been a conversation because if you remember – he signed the exclusive rights free right. agent tag last year, which gives you even fewer, you know, you have even fewer options under that tag. And he sort of held out. Like, he yeah. didn't sign it until, like, right before training camp. Whereas this year, he signed it, you know, immediately he was like, yeah, I'm on board. So maybe that was a conversation of, like, sign the tag. We'll see what happens after the draft. And Yeah, they might have known, like, if we get some defensive tackles, maybe we'll let you yeah. walk. You know, who knows? All I'm saying is I don't think we should assume sure. that, that Antoine was upset with this. Like, this could have been something that maybe may have been more helpful Drew for him. Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he knows how to deal with these kind of situations. And maybe, you know, there'll be other options for him. But I, I think it was more about the scheme, you know, for him. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Let's go down the list. I'm gonna show, talk. I'm gonna name the player that got drafted, and, I, and obviously there are players at that position. I want you guys to tell me who, what veteran you think should be going to training camp with a renewed sense of focus, <laughs> knowing that their job may be in jeopardy. Let's start with linebackers. You got Micah Parsons being drafted. You got guys Jalen Smith, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, Keanu Neal, who's a newcomer, Luke Gifford, Francis Bernard, Micah Parsons, Andrew Bill Cox being the two draft picks. Who is uh, who are the veterans that need to be concerned? Luke Gifford and Francis Bernard. That's I would be. I guess anything's possible. It's crazy that you call them veterans. Well, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. They are, but it's just, just crazy. It's hard to imagine too much happening at the top of that depth chart. I mean, they could. This year, yeah. They could cut Keanu Neal. They didn't give him that much money, but he's Dan Quinn's is that guy. One year deal. Yes, it's one year. I think only three million in guarantees. It's like it's a very similar deal to what Haha got last year. Yeah. So they could. But he's, you know, he's Dan Quinn's guy. I, I, unless he's absolutely terrible, and unless I look at Jabril Cox as that kind of guy, yeah, Jabril Cox just balls out in training camp, and Keanu Neal is not quite what they wanted or expected. Yes. I think that could be a one that's really questionable. It's right? that's fair, but I, I guess I'm putting a lot of emphasis on the Dan Quinn connection. Again, Dan Quinn was super reluctant to label anybody in this defense the other night when he talked to us, but he was like, oh yeah, Keanu's going to play linebacker. He's going to do this, that, and the other. Like, that's his dude. So yeah. it would surprise me, but we should mention him. I wouldn't mention, for me, I wouldn't mention Keanu, but just because he he's valuable because of the fact that he has the ability to play those two different positions in the secondary or linebacker in two areas that the Cowboys clearly have struggled with in the past year. So, you never know what kind of injuries are going to happen throughout the season. You never know how any of these younger guys are going to develop into. So that's why I wouldn't say necessarily Ken O'Neill, not to make the team or anything. Like, you know, he he's someone that I know or think that he's going to definitely have a role somewhere on the defense. Now, as far as these other guys, unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Dave and go with <laughs> Luke Gifford and Francis Bernard just because... 
No, you know what? Screw that. No. Ooh. Screw it. Okay. I'm going to go with Jalen. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to go ahead. It's Jalen and Leighton. That's the, I think that's the answer here. Yeah. Because these two guys, I'm sorry to cut you off, but these two guys that they were drafted turned both of those players, Jalen and Leighton, into con- on to contract years. This is a contract year for both of them now. So I think I think you know it's I would put it on them. And, and I would say this: I, I agree with you. I don't think it necessarily means they'd be out the door this year. I do think it could mean they're right. out the door next year. Oh, right? Well, Whatever happens right yeah, now if that's means they could be part out of it. Then yeah. absolutely, that's why those guys are here. Yeah, J- Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox are here because the linebackers have underwhelmed. I just again, we love to act like it's a pure meritocracy. I don't understand how you can cut Jalen Smith in 2021. No, you don't cut him, but there's a bench Ah, that has plenty of space. There we go. I keep saying it. What? No, I mean... I mean, make the face you you want, but I'm going to say it. I think, okay, with Leighton, the the bad thing is you don't know injury-wise. So he might be out... Not because he's performing bad, and he, and he struggled in some games. Yeah, he games. hadn't played great yeah. either in spots. Like he, he yeah. struggled, but I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because of the injuries that he's been dealing with. Because we know many of these guys still play through injuries. Um, but Jalen, I mean, if he goes back into that whole thing where he's all over the defense and not really knowing, oh, here comes the running back and he got away, and their running game of the opponent, they rushed who knows how many yards. So. At that point, if any of these guys do any, show me any kind of spark, I'm saying, hey, take a break, go sit down over there, take a water break, and let's put these guys in and let's see how they do. I do. I, I well, well, freaking said, Ag, because I hope that they've got the guts to sit Jalen and or Layton if Parsons and or Cox is that much better. Like if Parsons is what we think he can be. And he's just he can cover sideline to sideline in the blink of an eye and get after the you know get downfield and sack like if he can do everything we think he can he should be on the field the most of any of the three. I will say this: this is something that I think at least I had the impression when Jason Garrett was here, he was partial to vets. Like I think he got his vets and he loved his vets and he didn't want to get rid of it. He didn't want to part ways with the vets. I don't know if I know yet what Mike McCarthy is. Um, I do think he took way too long, and maybe it wasn't his call. But I think as a team, they took way too long last year with some of those vets they brought in to make the decision to either sit them down or get rid of them because they weren't playing well. It was clear they weren't playing well, and they kept putting them out there. Maybe they felt like they didn't have a lot of other options. I don't know. But I don't know if that was because McCarthy was making that decision and he was tied to his vets and he trusted vets more than he would a young guy, or it was just a situation where he didn't think he had a lot of options. I think this will be an interesting offseason and summer for us to figure out how he feels about veterans because you know we did see during training camp they did you know they let his boy go and so that was that was his guy from Green Bay that they let walk right out of the door and so I I look at it I want to find out a little bit more about how he feels about vets because I think we pretty much know what Jason felt I want to see how McCarthy feels about veterans all those guys all of the vets were guys that Jason Garrett brought in other like these two draft classes are the only ones Mike McCarthy was responsible for bringing here. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. All right, um, let's go ahead and move on to the next position. We're not going to get through much of this, so we, we'll we'll save some of this for next week. But let's talk about the cornerback position. Kelvin Joseph selected in the second round out of Kentucky. You've got Trayvon Diggs, Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Reggie Robinson, uh, Kelvin Joseph, uh, and Nation Wright, obviously being the two drafted players. Who do you think should be the players that should be really worried at this point going into training camp? I don't know. I mean, I 
guess, you know, Reggie Robinson to make the team. You know, Anthony Brown, I mean, he better he better play well. I mean, I'm sure they could they could probably part ways with that contract if they wanted to. Um, you know, I mean, he, he you, could, you could throw him in in that mix. Um, let's not forget is uh Kennedy in there? He is technically I haven't He's on the list. I've been meaning to ask if he's definitely coming back. I mean, his contract holds, so he's still here, but I I mean, I haven't Never met yeah. the guy. Never talked to him. I almost so. forgot about him. I saw his name. It's and I easy was like, to forget yeah. about him. And then I, then when you just said, I was like, oh, they did bring him last year, and they had a role in like mind a special for him. teams. Yeah, they role, did have a role. But they have Goodwin as well right. for that, which too. is, in my opinion, the yeah. best special teams player they've had in a long time. Right. Uh, he's since, really good. Honestly, he's he's the best since, and maybe even be better than Jeff Heath at yeah. the special teams. I agree. Which he makes plays is the point. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Heath's name is being mentioned. He's a guy that probably or has been cut or by the Raiders. I don't think the Cowboys have interest in. That right now, what? We don't need to go backwards. Like, keep going forward. Just keep moving forward. <laughs> only three guys. Back, just... Only three guys picked off Mahomes last year. I don't moving. care. Keep moving forward. <laughs> no, like, I, I, you know, well, no, going. yeah, moving forward. But I'm just saying, if he's a backup safety that can play special teams, like he should, that's what he should have been all along. Yeah. Not a starter. He should have been a backup player to play special teams. That's what he's really good at. That's what he. But. Guys, you know, guys want to make millions, I guess. Or guys they want to be a starter. <laughs> but I mean, you know, you see it in the NBA too. You see guys that are starters, but really when they get back to that role player, that's what they're better suited for. And that's what I think Jeff he's better to do, but I don't believe the Cowboys are going to go that route. All right, Dave. Uh, I mean, Reggie Robinson and Maurice Kennedy is probably the best answer. I do specifically wonder about Anthony Brown cuz I mean, we know he can play inside and outside, but Jordan's really mainly only ever been a nickelback, and it's hard to imagine. Dan Quinn drafted a bunch of, you know, they drafted Groot, if you're familiar with Marvel, and so it's hard to imagine <laughs> It's hard to imagine they're going to put a 5'10 corner on the boundary if Dan Quinn likes all these super big, super long corners. So Anthony Brown stands out to me as a guy, like, you know, maybe he loses a starting job if Kelvin Joseph is lives up to the hype. But at the same time, I just looked it up. Like, you could you could cut or trade Anthony Brown or Jordan Lewis and get away with it. But I think they're probably more valuable to you on the team than off. Because, like, you know, Jor- I think Jordan Jordan would hit you for like here. I got it right here. Jordan would hit you for four million, and, and you don't save any money by doing it. Anthony Brown would hit you for. Five million, and you save one million. So, like, if you're just desperate to get them off your team, you could. But I think you'd rather just have healthy cornerbacks. It's also so, like, about the money. I mean, it, what we're hearing from Steven is like they want to do this because they right. want to be and able to get these deals. Wouldn't cleaner. save you money the right. way that like Antoine Woods would. It's like if you're desperate to not have him here, you could do that. But I don't see that. So, I think that you just having four or five quality cornerbacks is a good problem to have. And then, yeah, Reggie Robinson and Maurice Kennedy are probably. Maybe looking over Reggie Robinson without even getting a shot last year on the field. It's a cruel like, world. It's a cold world out, out here, there, man. On the street. Cold world. All right. Amber. Nick's like, I don't care. Got a he shot? made more than all of us combined. I mean, got a shot? <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. Practice. You know, he didn't get a chance to get in the game, so. You he know. does have. Yeah. Well, I he mean, might be a safety, honestly. And I do think, and I had this written down here, Does is he a guy that maybe they. Because I. And I don't want to go too far into that conversation, but I think if you look at anything that the Cowboys didn't really address much in free agency or the draft, it's safety. There's still possibly some opportunity there for some player who could step up into that role. Go ahead, Amber. Uh, I'm going to have to agree with what they said. Uh, When it comes to Anthony Brown, though, 
even though he's a guy that last year, you know, we've been talking about him and, and just seeing the way he struggled on the field, it's just hard for me to imagine right now someone else kind of taking over that right now because of the amount of time, you know, there's a curve, a learning curve that needs to happen there. So just the fact that he is a veteran and has the game, I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to be the best player or the best cornerback or anything, but because of his experience, I think that's still valuable. So it's just going to come down to Kennedy and these guys that haven't really done much. And unfortunately, you have to say bye to some of them. All right. That's a wrap. We're going to be back uh, next week, and we'll get into some of these other uh, positions. We have more that we got to go through. We'll talk about defensive tackle, defensive end, offensive line. There's more to get to there, maybe wide receiver. Uh, and we'll talk about some positions, maybe like the safety position that the Cowboys have not addressed enough in free agency or the draft and what the Cowboys should do there. We'll do all that when we come back next week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!